Hey there, Java junkies, it's Andrea. Before we start today's show, I wanted to let you know that for the next couple of months, all of January and February, we're going to be dropping episodes with a different format from the one you've become used to until now. In fact, they're called the Time for Coffee Espresso Shots because they're actually mini episodes and they include 10 boilerplate questions or 10 espresso shots that I ask every guest in order to help Java junkies who are interested in getting jobs in those fields break into them. Now, with some of these guests, I've actually already released a longer interview with them about their career and their current job. So if you want to learn more about the guest I've featured in an Espresso Shot episode, just check out the show notes to see if there's another T4C episode that already exists with that guest. And chances are you'll find one. The second bit of news I wanted to share with you is that we have just finished our first Time for Coffee ebook, and it's called Spilling the Beans. And if you'd like to get a free copy of a preview version of the book, all you have to do is email me at Andrea at time, the number four coffee.org. And let me know that you'd like to get this free promotion that we are giving away to the first 100 Java junkies who email me. And if there are professionals or professions that you'd like me to feature that I haven't covered yet, please include that in your email. Thanks so much, everybody. And I hope you enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey, Java junkies. Hope you're having a great day, whether you're walking to class or already sitting at your desk. And if you are, then grab your cup of joe, get ready to go and enjoy the show because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. By the way, I want to give a quick shout out here because that little rhyming ditty comes to you courtesy of one of my amazing summer interns, Michael Ellick, who is a junior at Elon University, and he has been bugging me all summer to weave that into a T4C introduction. Let me know what you think of the rhyme. Reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at Time for Coffee LLC or use that hashtag Time for Coffee or T4C. I am so excited to welcome today's T4C guest to the show. And that's because he absolutely embodies and lives out the meaning of thinking positive. Mick Ebeling is an American film, TV, and commercial executive producer, author, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. And the reason that he's speaking with us today, as if that isn't reason enough, is the founder of the Not Impossible Labs, an online crowdsourcing platform establishing the creation of low-cost, open-source, do-it-yourself devices to help people in need. As a producer before launching Not Impossible, Mick worked on films like James Bond, Quantum of Solace, Grammy-nominated music videos, and he's won five Cannes Lion Awards. Mick, Welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Well, this is probably a bit sacrilege, but I don't drink coffee. But conceptually, I'm always caffeinated. Oh, oh, that that really hurt. But you know what? It's okay because it's probably better. 
It is. I, there's a lot of people that when they see, if I ever get you know to that point where in case of emergency, break glass and put a cup of coffee in my hand, <laughs> there's a lot of people that try to take it out. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Mick, we are going to jump right into what we call the time for coffee espresso shots. 10 quick questions and quick answers for our Java junkies. The first question is what entry-level jobs are available to young people who are eager to break into the technology for humanity tech incubator field? I think it would be to say that field is pretty much us. I don't know many people who are just creating technology for the sake of humanity and trying to create you know, social change around technology. But the entry-level jobs that are available at our company are pretty much, it's characterized more by the personality of the person than the position per se. We want people, we've got interns who come in here and you know, project assistants, uh, project coordinators. And it's more about just their commitment to thoroughness, their commitment to getting it done by any means necessary is a never say die attitude. So there's different positions, but it all definitely calls for the, on that same skill set of just, you know, whatever it takes. Fair enough. So what about useful skill or skills that you look for in the people that you hire? I mean, I think it's really that. I think it has more to do with the personality of the person than this regimented list of can you do this, can you do that? I mean, there's obviously basic skills, proficiency, you know, in terms of time management, production management, being able to look at budgets, being able to dig in and research things. Those are the things that are really important for us. Does it matter to you what they majored in in school? Uh, absolutely not. And I'm guessing that it doesn't matter if they have a graduate degree either. I don't, I honestly don't care whether they even went to school. You know, I think school has a remarkable way of giving us the social skills that allow you to be able to interact with people, to pursue things, to research, to, to inquire and to question. So I think that's where school is such a valuable thing. And I got a college degree. I hope that my kids get a college degree if they so choose. But I think it has way more to do with the personality of the person. Andy Samberg, the, the comedian, did a, uh, a skit. He gave a graduating commencement address and he talked about quoting some of the great graduates of our time. And he said, you know, let's look at Gates and Zuckerberg. And he said, oh, wait a second. Never mind. Those people didn't graduate. <laughs> so I'm guessing life experiences are more important to you. So what do you think in the sort of big picture, all the different experiences that a young person could try to get, what do you think are the most useful for someone who wants to start out in this general line of work? I remember one of the first interviews that I did when I was hiring uh, an assistant and the person showed up and they were wearing a suit, they were smartly dressed. I work and live in Venice Beach, so I was smartly dressed in jeans and a t-shirt. And they were very almost apologetic that there was a big gap in their resume. And that's because for two years, they had been traveling around the world, surfing and backpacking. And I had to kind of pry that out of them. And it ended up being one of the main reasons why I hired this person. And that person has now gone on and had this wildly successful career. And I really think it's the ability for people to interact with other human beings and to understand the motivations around people and how to create end games that we're 
both parties benefit. Those, those are things that you learn when you're backpacking and you have to figure out how to get a place to sleep and you don't speak the language. You, you know, there's just different, there's different life skills that I think come from being on the road, owning your own business, you know, having to put yourself through school. Those are the things that I really look for. I'm guessing that your answer to the next question could be an unbelievably long one, but what is the best part for you of being in your profession? We have a mantra here called help one, help many. And so we focus rather on trying to solve massive, massive issues. We solve massive issues for one person. So in doing so, I get to see the face and the smiles and the tears of people's lives who are changed immediately and dramatically by the technology that we create and the, the things that, you know, the social technology that actually makes their life better. And uh, that's by far the best part about my job. And what about the part that sucks the most? All the things that aren't that. So anything that has to do with any of the operations or payroll, health insurance, <laughs> anything that's, that's the super, I can do it, I've done it, but I would much rather be, I'd rather have my feet in the dirt in Africa starting prosthetic labs or creating devices that help people's Parkinson's tremors go away completely than doing any of the, the business. I'm with you for sure. What is the best career advice you've ever gotten, Mick? Uh, the best career advice I got from my uncle when I was graduating from college. And he said, responsibility is overrated. <laughs> He said, go off and mess around and muck about for as long as you can, because you're going to wake up one day and you're going to have a business, you're going to have a mortgage payment, you're going to have a family, and you can't go back and do that again. And so that advice was was fantastic advice. Of course, I didn't heed it because I was all gung-ho about being super responsible and going and making my place in the world. But uh, I definitely wish I would have heeded that even just for a year. Are you an oldest child by any chance? I am. <laughs> so am I. I, yeah. I think there's something about being the oldest that makes you try to please your parents more than yourself. Mick, what movies, if any, or fiction books accurately depict what you do? I mean, I would say it's more of the type of things that we do, which is more science fiction. You know, I think it's where anything, any type of movie or book that you read that has fantastic science fiction going on and it is probably close to the types of things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And then final espresso shot. What do you think people would be most surprised or just surprised to learn about this line of work? I think the biggest surprise that people have is when they find out about non-impossible labs until they kind of read my book or listen to our podcast or really dig in. When they first see us, they think we're a nonprofit and we are a for-profit and it's actually part of the biggest, it's one of the biggest components about what we're trying to do is to change this perspective that if you're going to go do good in the world, you need to be a nonprofit. That some, I think I want to debunk the whole concept that a tax code justifies whether or not you're going to do good in the world. We actually believe that the for-profit companies can do more good in the world. So that's probably the thing that most surprises people. Awesome. Mick Ebeling, thank you so much for making time for coffee with me and the Java Junkie community today and sharing your, some of your secret sauce with all of us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. 
I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much. 